number one. Good morning, everybody. I'm so glad to see you here. Uh, if you're here worshiping with us live and in person, we're glad that you're here. If you're worshiping with us at home, sitting out on the back deck and enjoying the beautiful weather, we're glad you're connected to us that way, too. It's a blessing and a privilege to get to worship with you. Um, I got a, just a couple of announcements this morning. Uh, one is yesterday we had our first, very first, and I've been doing this for almost 40 years, y'all. We had our very first virtual annual conference. So I got to go to annual conference in my pajamas, which I've always wanted to do. And I got to uh, like watch football in between the, the reports and everything, and that was kind of fun. Everything worked as well as could be expected under the circumstances, so we had that. Tomorrow night at 6 o'clock, our nominations committee is going to be uh, meeting to try to get ready for our uh, annual conference, which is coming up. Our annual conference will be October the 27th at 6 p.m. Tomorrow night, we're going to meet by GoToMeeting. Our nominations committee is going to meet at 6 by GoToMeeting to talk about how to fill our ministry teams and our committees for 2021. Don't forget our missions emphasis this fall uh, has been our connection to our school that, that is near and dear to our hearts, Stripland Elementary. Uh, our, those precious teachers and children and administrators and workers are going to be going back to school tomorrow. It's not too late for you to help if you can bring some hand sanitizer or that pump hand soap, the refillable kind, or some uh, disinfectant wipes, you can help out with that. We've got a wonderful group of children here at Gadsden First. Our children's ministry is, is being uh, led by our interim children's director, Ms. Catherine Barnes. So we're excited about that. Um, Pastor Andy is getting better. He's not quite there yet. We have a great group of parent leaders who are continuing our youth ministry. And it's going strong too, so thank you for your help with that. Will you pray with me as we get started in this worship service today? Gracious God, thank you so much for this beautiful day you've given us. Thank you for being worthy of our praise today, which is what we lift up to you. With our whole hearts and soul, we want to worship you this morning. In Jesus' name, amen.
Isn't that a wonderful song, a wonderful way to kind of get things going this morning? So thank you to our praise band for that. Uh, Miss Catherine's going to take our children to Children's Church right now. So uh, if they'll make their way that way. I always want to go to Children's Church. It always sounds like more fun than Big Person Church, doesn't it? So um, they're headed out that way. But for you at home, I want to thank you again for your support. You've kept us going through all of this crazy time. We have... I tell you what, there are a lot of things that I'm just, I'm just about like over with. I, I'm just, I'm over all this stuff, aren't y'all? I'm just over it. Uh, but what do you do when you're over it and it's still not over? That's going to be our sermon series for the month of October. We're going to be looking at the book of Job. Don't you feel like 2021 is the book of Job? Uh, so uh, we're going to be looking about what you do when you're over it but it's still not over so thank you for supporting us all through these months that it's been we've been over stuff and it's still not over uh, thank you for your financial support I mean we can't keep on ministry without your help so don't don't forget to give your offering if you're here then just you can place it in the the plates or you could still give online you can still send your offering in the mail. Thank you for supporting the ministries of this church so much. We're so grateful. Uh, will you join me as we go to the Lord in prayer? We're remembering uh, some of our, our church folks have had losses. We're remembering the Martin family. Remembering Nan McFadden and her family. Nan's mother passed away. Remembering Ron Gary's in the hospital. Remembering uh, all of those in our church family who are struggling right now. 
all of those that are on your heart, we lift them up to God right now. Let's pray. God, you are a big, big God, and sometimes our problems seem like they're mountains. But God, there's, there's nothing too big and there's nothing too small that we can't bring to you. So as we come here today, we, we bring our own needs. We bring the needs of those that we love so much. We, we look outward, Lord, and we see the needs of our community and our nation. Uh, God, if there was ever a time that we need you to pour your grace upon us, it's now. If there's ever a time that we need you to heal our land, it's now. So, God, we lift all of that up to you, and we trust you. That in the meantime, you'll give us the strength that we need. In the meantime, the courage to keep going. In the meantime, Lord, we can still cling to you and worship you with all of our hearts and souls. Take now and bless the offerings that people are giving. Bless them to your kingdom's glory. In Jesus' name, amen.
And I cannot stand or fall on you Oh Jesus, you're my hope and stay Our pop verse today, our verses today, was Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 and 7. But before I read our pop verses today, I want to do something that's, um, I don't know if I've ever done before. I'm going to do a recap of the year. I figure we're three-fourths of the way through 2020, and we might as well look back and see what 2020 has brought to us. So uh, I know that you if, you, if you came here, you probably didn't bring a crash helmet with you. But if you're at home, you might want to grab a crash helmet or buckle your seatbelt or something because it might be a bumpy ride when I recap uh, 2020. The year started out, and there's so much that's happened. The year started out, I don't know if you remember this. If you're in Australia, you remember it because of the Australian bushfires. Do y'all remember that? All of, it's just like 47 million acres or something of the Australian outback burned. And it was awful. And I've seen pictures of wildfires and things like that before. But I've never seen pictures of firefighters carrying scorched koala bears away from the, the danger. And I just can't get that image out of my mind. The, the little baby kangaroos and scorched koala bears being carried away by firefighters. So, anyway, that was a traumatic way to start the year off. And then, uh, oh, Prince Harry and Meghan Markle quit the royal family. I mean, quit like you would quit a job at Taco Bell or something. I don't know. I, I didn't lose much sleep over it personally, but apparently it's a big deal. Apparently you just don't do that, but they did. Um, and then on January the 20th, 
we got our first case of COVID-19 in the United States. We had heard about it in China and other countries, and we heard it's pretty bad. We had this first case. We had no idea what we were in for, did we? We had no idea that, you know, here, nine months later, over 200,000 people have died and more than a million worldwide, and we had no idea. We still don't have any idea how this is all going to turn out, do we? It's been unprecedented in our lifetime. Well, let's see. In the middle of all of this, uh, the President of the United States was impeached, and there was a month-long fight over that before it all got sorted out. The stock market crashed. I mean, on March the 9th, there was the biggest single-day fall in the stock market ever recorded. In the middle of March, we stopped worshiping here together. We never stopped being the church, mind you. We just had to stop meeting together in person because we were all quarantined. We didn't know how to do that, and we'd never done that before. And so my hat is off to everybody in this church that, that all stepped up, and we've you know, worked harder than ever to try to, to keep this going. Uh, but still... We still are continuing to be strict in our precautions. We're still doing everything that we can. This is still lasting so much longer than we ever thought it would. Oh, also in 2020, there was the death of George Floyd, which was kind of the tipping point and was the kind of a flashpoint of a nationwide and worldwide um, protest movement against racial injustice that's still going on. Still a lot of racial unrest. Still a lot of demands for justice. And murder hornets. Do y'all remember the murder hornets? By the time I heard about murder hornets, I was thinking, you know, I don't think anything could surprise me anymore in 2020. Um, There have been fires out west in California and Oregon and Washington State. They're still burning. I don't know how many millions of acres are burning out there. There have been so many named storms in 2020 that they went all the way through the alphabet of named storms and they had to start over again with alpha and beta. That's how bad that's been. Oh, and Supreme Court Justice uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg died and, and then um, super quick name for the replacement for Uh, this Supreme Court spot, and we are bracing ourselves, bracing ourselves for the fight that will ensue, because that's the way things are these days in our country. And it's 37 days till we have our presidential election, an election that promises to have more mail-in ballots than have ever been mailed in, longer lines at the polls than have ever been with people trying to decide if they're going to go or not or wear a mask or um, knowing that we probably are not going to find out on election night how this election turns out and that people are going to just fight. It's so divisive. I think the, the full impact of everything that has happened in 2020 emotionally, financially, 
I mean, loss of lives, loss of jobs, loss of businesses, loss of, I don't know, loss of hope. The, all of the milestone events in 2020 that didn't get to happen because of the pandemic, all of the graduations and all of the birthday parties and all of the everything, the full impact of that is going to be something that historians look back on and write about. We don't have time to think about the full impact now because we're still living through it, aren't we? We're still dealing with it. Okay, is that enough of a reality check, a reality check for you? Uh, so don't give up on me because I just wanted you to hear these verses I'm about to read in light of everything that I've just said about 2020, okay? So with that as our backdrop, hear these words from Philippians 4, verses 6 and 7. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Okay, when we look at those two things side by side, when we look at 2020, and then we look at Paul's words, do not be anxious about anything, it doesn't seem like they go together. It doesn't seem like we could make those two things fit. As a matter of fact, we think something must be going wrong with Paul. If he's saying this, he's either A, living in an ivory tower somewhere, or B, he's wearing rose-colored glasses, or C, he's just flat out pulling our legs. I mean, don't be anxious about anything. Are you kidding me? But seriously, the Apostle Paul was not guilty of any of those things. He certainly wasn't living in an ivory tower because he was in jail. He was in prison when he wrote those words to the Philippians. He wasn't wearing rose-colored glasses. Instead, he was wearing shackles around his ankles. Well, had he just not ever experienced anything in his life as bad as what we're going through in 2020? Look, I want to tell you, 2020 was a walk in the park compared to what the Apostle Paul had lived through in his lifetime. I believe that you and I don't know anybody, don't know anybody that has ever suffered as much as Paul suffered. He had this painful, debilitating physical illness of some kind. We don't know exactly what it was, but we know that he called it his thorn in the flesh. Do you remember that? His thorn in the flesh. And he, being a man of prayer, being so close to God, cried out to God for healing for his thorn in the flesh. And do you remember what God said? God said, no. He said, no, my grace is sufficient for you. Paul was frequently thrown in prison. He was frequently beaten by rods and by whips and one time, they even tried to stone him to death. They tr and when I say tried to stone him to death, they usually didn't try to stone somebody to death. They usually stoned him to death. But they tried to stone him to death, left him for dead under a pile of rocks, 
and he still survived. Three times he was shipwrecked. One time he spent a day and a night holding on to a piece of wreckage in the sea, waiting for someone to rescue him, not knowing if he was going to live or die or get eaten by sharks. Well, on one of his missionary journeys, when he was on the island of Malta, he was bitten by a poisonous snake. You name it. You name it. And Paul had lived through it. But when he says, don't be anxious about anything, is he just pulling our leg? I mean, really, that's what I want to say. Is, is, is he just joking? Is he just being ironic or sarcastic? Was he just making that up? No, you know, he really meant it. He really meant that. And the meaning of Philippians 4, 6, and 7, even though we've all heard it before, be anxious for nothing. We've all heard that before. But the meaning is so much deeper and so much richer and so much more powerful. You just cannot reduce it down and put it on a bumper sticker and get the full impact. So like the other pop verses that we've looked at in September, we're going to look at kind of dig down and see what this verse really says, what it really says, not what we thought it says or what we want it to say, what it really says. And then we're going to look today at what it doesn't say and think about something we can carry away with us today in 2020 to help us even as we look into 2021. All right, so what do these verses actually say? This is like one of those dishes that is so rich you can't just gobble it down in one bite you got to take we're going to take it in three bites all right we're going to kind of mine down into this passage in in three bites the first bite is this do not be anxious about anything do not be anxious the word anxious here in the original language is is a word that means to be pulled apart. It means to be scattered. It means to go to pieces. It means to fall apart at the seams. Don't go to pieces, Paul says. About everything, no, about anything. Literally about one single thing or about one single person. So putting this together and Pastor Sam's kind of loose paraphrase of what Paul said in this one bite, I would say this. Hey, y'all, don't go to pieces over anything or anyone, not even one thing, not even one person. Okay, so what is the alternative of going to pieces? What is the alternative of having your life just pulled apart? Bite number two is this. But in everything by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God. Pray about it, Paul says. Well, pray. Okay, there's different words in the scripture for pray. We know that. This one is really unique in verse 6. This word for prayer in verse 6 means an exchange of wishes. Have you ever thought of prayer as an exchange of wishes? I just, I just think that's beautiful. And then he says, 
petition and request, which is taking our heartfelt needs to God with thanksgiving, which means that all of our communication with God needs to, to fall under the umbrella of being thankful for the grace of God because we can always be thankful for God's grace under any circumstances. So if I'm going to pull all of this together for bite number two, my loose translation would be this. Instead of going to pieces... Exchange wishes with God, telling Him what your heartfelt needs are, and listening to what His will for you is. Remembering always to be thankful for God's grace. Go ahead, really, really let God know what you need. Bring every single piece of your life toward God in prayer. Nothing is too big for God. Nothing is too small. But be prepared to listen to what God wants to say to you. As well. So if I choose door number two, if I choose um, moving toward God instead of being pulled apart, then bite number three is what happens. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Again, digging a little bit deeper. Peace. Peace. When I was growing up in the 60s and 70s, we would go, peace, man. We thought we were cool. We thought we were hippies. I was so far from being a hippie. But I, peace, man. So what is it, peace? In Jesus' day, peace was a greeting. They would say shalom, right? Which was Kind of like hello and kind of like goodbye. Kind of like aloha or something. Shalom. Uh, This isn't even shalom. It certainly isn't peace, man. It's the Greek word irene. And here's what it means. It means to join together into a whole. It means to bring all the essential parts together into wholeness again. So, if you think about it. To be anxious literally means to go to pieces, to be pulled apart. Peace means to be joined back together as a whole. So that peace, that peace of God, uh, Paul says it's going to guard something. Verse 7, to guard, in some translations it says to keep, it will keep you. But guard really is actually closer to the meaning because it literally means to watch over something like a military sentinel. Think of soldiers standing post. Now what is going to be guarded? Paul says our hearts and our minds, the very center of our being, the very thing that makes us tick, our thoughts, our will, our purposes. So Pastor Sam's loose paraphrase of this is, if you do this, just watch and see how God's peace will tie everything together. Every piece of your life that has fallen apart, he'll tie it together into a whole, doing so in a way that is above and beyond your understanding. Like a military guard, God's peace will watch over your desires and your thoughts and your purposes. The very center of you, the very real you, will be in the custody of God's peace in Christ Jesus. Do you think that sounds like something you could put on a refrigerator magnet? 
is just so powerful. It's too deep. It's too rich. So just as important as what these pop verses say is what they don't say. And I apologize to my, all of my English teachers. I had great English teachers going, uh, coming through school. And I apologize to them because I'm about to say something that just probably doesn't grammatically sound like it could be right. What does this passage not say? What, what does Philippians 6 and 7 not mean? I think you get my gist. And what I'm about to tell you, I'm not telling you just from a biblical interpretation standpoint. I'm telling you from personal experience. I'm telling you things that I have tried and they don't work. Okay, these verses do not mean, let's just pretend that everything is okay. They don't mean that. Why? Well, they just don't. But also, I've tried that. As a matter of fact, my knee-jerk response to everything is, it's okay. Everything's okay. I mean, you can, you can ask my wife, Tammy. My knee-jerk response, she'll say, she'll look at me, she'll say, what's wrong? And I'll say, nothing. And after 28 years, you think she buys that? No. And, and some of y'all, one of my church members will come up to me and say, Pastor Sam, how's everything going? And I'll probably say, pretty good, not bad, can't complain. Now, if you really want to dig deeper, we'll sit down. Because it's not always okay, is it? So how, did I, how do I know that Paul didn't mean just pretend everything's okay? Well, that's not how he lived. That's not how he did ministry. We see in his letters, we see in his missionary journeys, we see, for instance, when he spent three years in Ephesus trying to establish that church, and when he was leaving them, he said these words in Acts chapter 20, verses 18 and 19. He said, you know how I lived with you the whole time that I was there with you from the first time I came, how I served the Lord Listen to this. With great humility and tears. He wept over them. He gave his blood, sweat, and tears. He didn't just pretend everything was okay. And pretending everything was okay was not the way that Jesus lived. I mean, think about his passion in the Garden of Gethsemane. He sweat drops of blood. Think about how, how deeply he was moved and troubled in his spirit when he went to the home of his friend Lazarus who had died. When Mary was crying at his feet. John 11.35 says that Jesus wept. Jesus wept. And John 11.35, instead of just being the verse that you always wanted to have as a memory verse when you were in Sunday school because it was the shortest one instead of just being that it should tell us that it's okay not to be okay it's okay not to be okay so these verses don't mean just pretend everything's okay 
These verses also don't mean, hey, you know, don't sweat it because nothing bad is ever going to happen to you if you're following Jesus. They don't mean that. You know they don't mean that. Our life has taught us that they don't mean that. Fires and hurricanes and viruses and loss and death, all of those things happen. All of those happen even to people who are following Jesus with all of their heart. And if we're honest, Jesus never promised that it would be that way. He never said everything's going to be rosy. In fact, just the opposite. He said he promised that in this world we would have tribulation. He promised that following him meant taking up our cross. Come on, y'all. So, do not be anxious by anything also. And hear this. Do not be anxious about anything does not mean that we are going to go on a little guilt trip every time we feel anxious. Now, that might sound strange to you, but I want to tell you how it was for me. When I was in junior high, and honestly, junior high is probably the most anxious time in anybody's life. Sometimes you feel like you're still in junior high. But when I was in junior high, I remember hearing a preacher preach on these verses and saying something like this. The Bible commands us not to be anxious for anything, and therefore, worrying is a sin. And so me and my little junior high mind was thinking, well, shoot, that's something else to worry about. Now I've got to worry about being worried. Now I've got to be anxious about feeling anxious. I don't, have you ever felt that way? Like something's really on your mind and it's troubling you and you're like, but I'm not supposed to be troubled. I'm not supposed to be afraid. I'm not supposed to be anxious. Something must be wrong with me. It's really helpful if we don't think about these verses as being a command any more than we would think about somebody who really loves us opening their arms and saying, come here and give me a hug, any more than we would think that is a command. It's an invitation, right? It's not a command. It's an invitation, you see. So, what can we take away from this for today? What can we take with us from this into 2021? Not to, to pretend that everything's okay. Not to pretend that there's no bad stuff out there. We know that it, that's not the case. The opposite of being anxious is not to be brave. The opposite of being anxious is to let ourselves be loved by God and to stay close in the shadow of God's wings no matter what. I'm going to say that again because I want you to hold on to this. The opposite of being anxious is not being brave. The opposite of being anxious is letting ourselves be loved by God and staying in the shadow of God's wings no matter what. When this um, pandemic stuff hit, really, back in March, we really saw how bad it was and everybody panicked. Um, 
I was struggling like everybody else was. I was, I was concerned about my kids moving everybody back and so everything shutting down, being cornered. I was, I was as concerned as you were. You want to talk about anxiety? I felt it too. And I was grasping. I was crying out to God. I was looking for things to hold on to. And I, I watched um, a short sermon by um, a very, very unconventional preacher named Nadia Boltz Weber. And by unconventional, I, I mean, uh, she's, I mean, she's got like tattoos all over her and she's very, very blunt uh, in, in a good way to me. Um, but she preached a sermon on uh, Luke chapter 13 that really helped me. Um, Luke chapter 13 was a time when the Pharisees came up to Jesus and they tried to basically run Jesus out of town. And they told him, hey, you need to get out of town because Herod is trying to kill you. Herod is trying to kill you. Hmm. That would be enough to make me anxious. I don't know about you. Herod's trying to kill you. But Jesus was the opposite of anxious. He said, you go tell that fox that I'll drive demons out and heal people today and tomorrow. And then on the third day, I'll reach my goal. Basically, Jesus said, sorry, Herod. I know you want to kill me, but I'm super busy right now. And then Jesus, it says he looked out over the city and he said these words, O Jerusalem, Jerusalem, you who kill the prophets and stone those who send to you, how often I have longed to gather your children together as a hen gathers her chicks under her wings, but you were not willing. All right, stay with me here for a second. Remember that the word anxious means to be pulled apart, right? To be scattered, to go to pieces, to just go everywhere. And that peace means to join together, to bring back all the essential parts together into a whole. I want you to see a prime example of this. Herod, the fox, wanted to scatter the chicks, wanted them to all go to pieces. And Jesus, the mother hen, wanted to gather all the chicks together underneath her wings. Well, 2020 has reminded us that the fox is real. That the threat and the danger are real. They're out there. And nobody is immune from it. All right? I mean, and if you just think about a barnyard and you think about a real mother hen and, and real chicks and a real fox, if the fox comes after the chicks, just being under the wings of the mother hen doesn't mean that some of the chicks are not going to get eaten. We've seen some awfully bad things happen to some awfully good people in 2020. But here's what we take away with us. The place to be you see, the place of peace is, is, is not scattered. It's not being inwardly pulled to pieces. It's being gathered. The, the opposite of anxious and fearful isn't being brave and stoic and independent. 
It's just accepting the invitation to be gathered underneath God's wings in a place of love. And that's what God wants us to do. Be not dismayed, whate'er betide, the old hymn says. God will take care of you. Beneath his wings of love abide. God will take care of you. Let us pray. God, I know that you long for us to be gathered together and pulled underneath your wings a lot more than we are. It's us, Lord, who runs away from you. When we let things pull us apart, we fall into the trap of the world. We fall into the plans and the devices of the enemy. So instead of that, Lord, help us to bring every piece of our lives toward you. Knowing that when we bring it toward you, we're bringing it toward love itself. Help us to abide there under the shadow of your wings in Jesus' name.
God, I look to you. I'll be overwhelmed. Give me vision to see things like you do. God, I look to you. Now, hear this benediction. Go in peace and don't go to pieces. Amen. <laughs>